0: Hello, everybody, good evening. This week is uh, Parshish Kisisa, and uh, we're going to be learning the halachas of Seamus. I thought that we would be able to wrap it up, up all in one shear, but I see that we won't. It's going to take more than one shear, so this will be part one, and hopefully, we'll conclude next week with part two. Um, I encourage everybody to, you can either um, Send you can chat now, uh, any questions you may have, and either if it's relevant to what I'm talking about this year, I'll talk about it during this year, or Mir Shem, um, I'll address it uh, next week when I get to the, the rest of the halachas of Seamus that we're able to talk about. So the reason why um, I chose to, spoke, uh, to speak, I'm sorry, about Seamus is because obviously in preparation, of preparation to prepare for Pesach, so we try to clear our house of the accumulations of uh, paper, homework sheets, uh, all forms of weekly publications, magazines, newspapers, all the things that have piled up over the year, um, and this leads to many questions about what to do with all of them, right? namely, Seamus, how do you do Geniza, how do you put them away? And in order to understand how these halachas work today, this today I'll give more of an overview of how they work, so to will give you a good understanding of which category your particular shamus falls into, and then we'll talk a little bit next week exactly how to deal with each each one each particular category. So there's really three categories of shamus, and then there's a fourth category which is called Mitzvah. So the three categories of shamus, the three categories of uh, Items that require Geniza, that require to be put away, with um, with proper respect and dignity, uh, are 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 three. Number one, the first one isn't very relevant to us typically, which is a sefer Torah. And sefer Torah includes not just sefer Torah itself, but it includes anything that's written on parchment, you know, properly with the xavashuris like a neviim, exuvim, and megillah. But anything that's written like that is in that first category, and that's the most stringent. And uh, we're going to learn a drop about it, just because it helps us understand the concept behind all shemis, really, which starts from that halach of a sefer The second category is how we treat actual name of Hashem, and that's a category for itself. It's different than the third category, which is psukim, divrei Torah. And so on and so forth. The name of Hashem itself, if it's written out in any form, has its own halal, uh, its own, it's it's, it's its own category. We treat, we deal with it differently. So those are the three categories: The sefer Taira, anything written like a sefer Taira, the name of Hashem in all its forms and permutations, and the third is the Taira and anything else that you know is associated with Tyra, which has been written down or photocopied or you know all all different uh, forms of of uh, script. Now, the last category, which really is not sheamus, I'll get to it this week, is uh, Kol Tashmisei Mitzvah. And those are anything which is not, doesn't fall under the the, the name of Hashem, so to speak. Rather, it is uh, like Tzitzit, a Yamaka, Lulav, Esrig, a Meneira, a Hanukkah Meneira, and so on and so forth. So that actually is not sheamus. All right, so we'll talk about that. We'll get to that soon. So let's first start with the first category, uh, which is uh, the most stringent, and that is a safer terror. So when a safer terror becomes unusable anymore, right, due to decay or any other pup soul that invalidates it, it is required to be buried, We're required to bury it. But you can't just simply bury it in the ground, even in a base of even next to a tzaddik. The halacha is you have to bury it in an earthenware container. You have to seal it away in an earthenware container. Now, uh, practically speaking, that's not very accessible these days. We don't have earthenware, earthenware containers of that size, and they're not cheap. So, Ramay Feinstein said you can use a plastic container as well, and you seal it away. Now, you think, if we're burying it, why are we sealing it away in an earthenware container? And this is the part that's relevant to us because the crux of the Halacha of Shemus is, is that we are not allowed to destroy Hashem's name we're not allowed to, to cause Hashem's name to get destroyed, Let's learned from a Pasuk you may not do so to Hashem's <laughs> name what we do to destroy and eradicate of idols, we can't do the same to Hashem's name. We have to treat it with respect. And that being the case, yes, a safer terror is possible. Yes, it cannot be used anymore, but it contains many, many names of Hashem, and therefore not only can we not destroy it, we can't even cause it to get destroyed. We have to protect it from getting destroyed. So we are allowed to bury it because we have nowhere else to put it anymore, but we have to bury it in a way that it'll at least delay the inevitable decay as much as possible. And that's the concept behind burying a sevittar. And that, that being true, that's why most shuls these days opt not to bury a sevittar. And rather, what they do is they leave it in the aram Qay dish with, uh, you know, they put they, they put it differently so that everybody knows it's not a kasher sevittar. And then we use it on some kustara, We dance with it, and that's the greatest respect to the safer terror rather than to bury it. If you have that option, if not you have room in your enkhydish, then but that's that's a better thing to do. Um, uh, but otherwise, we are permitted to bury it, but we need to do it in a way that'll protect the name of Hashem as much as possible. Okay, so now that we understand the first category and the rationale behind what we're trying to do, Understand, though, that that's specific to a Sefer Torah and things that are written that require such a great degree of respect, which is we don't allow you to bury it unless you encase it in a plastic or something that will protect it. If it's not a Sefer Torah, even if it is the name of Hashem, even if it's Yud Kei written out on paper, you aren't required to display that level of care for it, and you are permitted to just bury it as is as long as you do it in a respectable way. Okay, So it doesn't require that. That level of stringency is specific to a safe Torah. But the concept still remains that we are not permitted to desecrate it. We are obligated to see to it that it gets the proper respect. And when it comes to writing Hashem's name, it really works two ways. Meaning, we today are more concerned about, okay, what are we going to do with it now that we have it in our house? But really the question is, much before that, we have to be careful what we write Hashem's name on. Because we're obligated to make sure it doesn't come to be desecrated. That's part of the obligation, both what we do with it now and both in advance of that, to see to it that we don't ever write it in a way that it'll get desecrated. So um, it's not that well understood. That's that's just, that's really what's a shame. Because uh, you know when you make a photocopy of a sefer, it's usually not an issue. But if you make a photocopy of a siddur, or you make a photocopy of a chumash, and siddurim and chumashim. The Kevavke is spelled out. Hashem's name is written out, and unless you know you, we take care that those photocopies should be collected and treated with respect, so just making those photocopies is already uh, not the right thing to do. It's called co- it's causing the eventual you know disrespect and 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 lack of, of, of proper treatment to Hashem's name, which is you know, the actual name of Hashem written out that way. So that is. The two the two ways this halacha works is that it really begins before we have to see to it that we don't do that if possible, or if we do, at least then we should see to it that they're treated with the proper respect, which we'll get to. You know what exactly to do with that now. The prohibition I just see someone just, uh, just just chatted this question. The prohibition against desecrating Hashem's name applies in every single language. It doesn't make a difference how Hashem's name is written, how it's spelled out, and what and all, all the different names of Hashem are included. Yud Yud, Alf Nun Yud. But that's not all. Even G O D written in English when it's referring to Hashem not other gods, like, you know, uh, uh, when we say El uh, that's not, obviously, Kiddush. But when we are referring to Hashem, the Pisgim hold, that has to be treated with respect as well. So even if you wrote out on or printed out or whatever, and it says just G-O-D, 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 that, unfortunately, will need to be treated with respect as well. Um, and uh, that, that's important to keep in mind, and again, like I said, we'll, t- we'll discuss exactly what to do with it, but it, it, you can't just throw it away. It, need, it needs to be treated with respect, and that's why the custom amongst us is to write G-D, and that is allowed, right? And that's what we do, and specifically to avoid writing Hashem's name in a way that will be is- and cause issues with desecration as we write Aleph with a dash Lamed. Interestingly, not everybody holds that works, Okay, that I will say that's the overwhelming opinion is that it does, but there are some earlier placekim that held that a dash doesn't separate, a dash always connects, right? And the Torah, whenever there's a dash, is bringing things together, not separating them. So uh, it, it, a dash is a form of nikud. It's called a makaf in uh, in in Hebrew. And it it, it it brings things together. So they say, what are you helping by making a dash? It's not aleph dash lamid. is Hashem's name. But 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 we we do not hold like that. And we say well, the reason why we made the dash there is to demonstrate we're trying not to write Hashem's name, and it works. So don't worry about that. But likewise, that's what should be done when writing, uh, you know, writing out even in English, G O D. It should rather be done G D in order to avoid further problems with shame. So it was interesting to me as well. The, so much so that the Paiskeim are concerned even when you do abbreviations. Now, the, the, nowadays, commonly, people write on the top of a paper, Bez samachdal," which stands for B'Shiyat Before that, and this is what my father, Shalom, always used to do, and you'll see it in some, a lot of wedding invitations still have it, they used to write Bez He, right, which is Baruch Hashem. Now, Baruch Hashem is Hashem's name. The He stands for Hashem's name. And there are, again, a number of prominent places who say that if it's just Bezheh, it has to be treated with respect. It should be considered as if Hashem's name was written, and therefore, they say you can't write Bezheh on top of a letter that you're sending to someone, which is just a you know regular letter uh, that the person will likely throw out. And the same thing, they write about wedding invitations, you shouldn't write a hay on top. Now, when it comes to uh, wedding invitations—they do us another disservice because they write a whole pasuk on it. Always, right? They—they they tend to write even <speaking in Hebrew> they split it up. Half is on top of the chasen, half on top of the kala, but it's, it's meant to be read together. Um, and here too, it becomes a disagreement amongst prominent paiskim. Is that a problem? Is that not? Not so much so that they say that. It is an issue; it needs to be treated with respect, and it's not really respectful to the rest of the Seamus to throw the whole invitation to Seamus, So you have to go and cut out, you know, the the and just put that in Sheamus, and then the rest throw it in the garbage. So this is making our life very very difficult. Yeah, you know, for for no special reason. There's <laughs> No reason why they have to write that whole Pusig there. They could just write part of the Pusig and they wouldn't it wouldn't have this problem. Okay, but we we'll, as we'll see, there's going to be numerous uh, leniencies when it comes to these. I'm going to deal with this. Area of like how what the lenients are. I'm gonna deal with that more next week, uh, and we're gonna break down each one of them separately. How to dispose of them, like the photocopies, the you know each one, the homework, the schoolwork, the the the, the coloring books that have uh, depictions of, of tyrosines, and the, the sheets they've just filled out, etc. etc. I'll try to. If, and actually, if you do are able to chat me or email me different cases, I'll try to actually deal with all of them. So there are just too many to include in this week's share, so I'll just dedicate next week's share to go through each one of those and see how you're supposed to get rid of them. But again, uh, an imitation is just another good example of where we're making ourselves unnecessary problems for, for no good reason. It should rather be avoided and then we won't have this issue. Uh, obviously, the best option is Evites. You know, <laughs> Then you don't have any of these problems and it's a lot cheaper. Okay, now. Uh, the fourth category, I just want to talk about that for a moment before we move on. The fourth category is the most lenient category. And those are what I said is Tashmisha mitzah. That really doesn't fall under shame. It's because it's not the name of Hashem. It's just things that were used for a mitzah. And the halacha is that things that are used for a mitzah are allowed to be thrown out. They don't have any kedusha at all. Um, so, so therefore, essentially you could just throw it away. So that includes, as I mentioned before, a talus, tzitzis. Uh, yamukah, um, old schach, luluv and estrig, chanukah and so on. So these are the most lenient. Now even though you are allowed to throw them away, um, you even that you have to throw away with respect. Now, you can't have it like a Lulu sticking out of your garbage can. That's that's disrespectful. So you are meant to wrap it up before you throw it so it's not openly being humiliated by being thrown in the garbage. It could be a little hard with a Lulu, It's a little big. You can cut it. That's fine. And then, you know, put it into a bag, be careful to hurt yourself, which is easy to do. Uh, And when it comes to Tashmishah Mitzvah, we also have a minig that we, if possible, use it for another mitzvah, and one of the common mitzvahs to use a oluluv and a schach and so on, is to use it in the process of burning chametz, so we use it as fuel to light the fire to burn chametz, so even though we're burning it, but being that it's being used for another mitzvah, that's considered the greatest honor. For a mitzvah to be used for another mitzvah, so likewise, any, that could be done with any of the tashmisha mitzvahs. So the tashmisha mitzvahs are the easiest of, and they actually should not be put in shemus. You shouldn't be putting tzitzis into shemus. Old as your ch- children's tzitzis, they should not be going into shemus because they don't, they don't, uh, they don't have that halacha that needs respect. And it seems like you shouldn't put into shemus things that aren't supposed to go there because that's somewhat humiliating to what is there. So those just need to be wrapped up. You can put it in a plastic bag and throw it away, and that's fine. Um, so again, the, that category is really not an issue, so that should cover a lot of different things that you can think of. Uh, but where things do get complicated are the, these two categories, uh, which is Hashem's name, which is the most stringent when it actually has Hashem's name, and I see someone asked uh, Dalet, a dalid, a dalid also is a problem. In other words, anything that directly refers to Hashem's name. When people write Dalid instead of a hey, it's also the same issue as the bay's hay. Uh, it's not the point. Is not that the hay is one letter of Yud Kaf Alif Dalad is one letter of Aleph dalad Nun It's 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 the same point. It, it's referring to it's an it, it's an abbreviation to refer to Hashem's name. So that would would be uh, a possible it would be a possible issue and it would require us to treat it with respect. So Hashem's name is the most, um, and then and then the the next level is any דבר tairo and then now like I said next week we'll talk about. What, what is now so common, which is the newspapers and the magazines and the homeworks, and the reason why they are different, which we'll discuss, is that they were originally written and printed uh, not for the sake of being a permanent thing, not for the sake of keeping it, not for the sake of it remaining and having any kadusha and that gives it a certain amount of leniency even though we have to treat it with respect. So again, like I said, we'll go through each one and say which actually has to be given to proper Shemis and which can you dispose in other ways, which is uh, respectful, but you can. Uh, there's other ways that you can dispose of them. So, that's next week. Um, I will try to get to those. I'm just going to look through what we have over here in the, in the chat. Uh, photocopies, wedding invitations, Gemara photocopies, uh, Shem Hashem written other ways we talked about, Ale Kim, same thing. Um... A dash writing one's own name again—that that is also discussed when I discuss the right al lamid. People, the the the, the can discuss even in your own name. That's the most lenient because it isn't really a Hashem's name; it's your name, um, and a hey, and so on and so forth. Okay, so for the most of these things, the Gemara photocopies and those other things, I will be Hashem. I hope to get to next week, and feel free to send me any other further questions, and I'll I'll hope to discuss those.